the checkbook, and, and I, wrote a, I wrote a check for almost every penny in our bank account. And I drove it right where our office was right down here on Bluebell, and I drove it right down here and gave it to the pastor, Kendall Bridges, who was pastoring this church at that time, and said, hey, man, you need this more than I do. It ain't going to do me no good if I keep it. But I know if I put it in the hands of the Lord through the local church, God's going to make it good. So I went back. We had about $150 in the bank at that time. $15,000 payroll coming down the road, a couple days down the road. But I knew I'd sowed seed. Nothing on Wednesday, nothing on Thursday. Mail comes on Friday, nothing. Nothing showing up in the bank. Didn't worry me a bit. Why? Because I'd sowed seed. Because I'd sown seed into the local church, and I knew that God's principles worked. I knew that if I would give myself to the Lord in this area, that he would reward uh, us uh, in, in our personal life. And I'll never forget when the, uh, the, the bank, uh, the mail people came on Friday and there was nothing in it. I just thought, you know, Lord, you're going to bring a harvest. I just cast all my care upon you. Let's go do payroll. And I'll never forget about 15 minutes after we printed all the checks, nobody had come in yet, that... Um, our next door neighbor uh, in, in, the, in the, uh, the building that we were in came over and said, hey, you know, Rusty, hey, I don't know how, but a lot of Greer security mail got mixed in with our mail. I'm like, really? <laughs> let, me, let me see it. Bottom line is way more than what we needed to cover payrolls coming. Amen. Listen, God always has a harvest for you. Amen. God always has a, have, has a harvest for you. When he says sow seed, it's because he needs something to work with. Come on now. Can I share something with you real quick before we get into the message? And I want you to believe in this principle. It's not always what you pray for. It's also what you sow for. Because if we're praying, but we haven't sown seed, God doesn't have anything to work with. Come on now. I didn't know I was going to be this heavy this morning, but listen, make sure you're sowing seed. Make sure you're sowing seed because the seed, listen, the harvest that you need in your life, the harvest is not in your prayers. The harvest is in the seed that you sow. The prayer life is what creates the environment for the seed to grow. I want you to just hear what I just said. We can go home right now. I'll be good. The harvest is not in the prayer. The harvest is in the seed. The prayer is what creates the presence and the power of God. It doesn't do any good at all for it to rain in the desert. Why? There's no seed in the ground. There's no seed in the ground. Our prayer life is what brings the power and the presence of God onto the situation to create a seed and make it fruitful. Are we okay today? Remember that. It's all in the seed. If you want an orange tree, you can't just go out in the backyard and go, man, I'm going to believe God for an orange tree. Lord, just send me an orange tree. That won't work, will it? You put a seed in the ground, and now you can pray effectively. That's what I want to get across to us today. Amen? I believe this with all of my heart, not in your notes, but if I put God's house first, he will bless my house. This is a principle that I believe. I'm not saying this to you as a pastor to try to get you to give or get you to do something here. This is a principle of the kingdom of God that I've lived by that I'm just passing on to you. Speaking of all of that, putting God's uh, house first, how many are doing good on your, on your fast? Everybody doing good on your fast? Amen. I'm glad. How many are hungry right now? All right, my stomach is growling too. That's all right. We're sowing seed. I'm making sacrifice and sowing our hearts and our time and our, our, our discipline, and God's going to bring a harvest. So stay faithful to your fast. If you've blown it, so what? Just get back on the train, all right? Just get back on board and just stay faithful and stay consistent, and God's, our, God's, got, God's got you, okay? So listen, this morning I'm going to continue on with our, our, our series of uh, – what time is it? And I'm going to be heavy this morning on us as a church, a city church, and just going to continue to, to just uh, plow the new ground that we're going through uh, as a body. But next week, I'm going to be kind of changing gears, and I'm going to kick our second series off of the year that I'm entitling Fully Alive. 
Because God wants you and I to be a people that are living a full life. He wants everything about you to be fully alive. Amen? So we're going to be talking about what that means. And I'm going to introduce to you the concepts and the truths from the Word of God about what it means to truly have a good shepherd in your life. How many know Jesus is the good shepherd? And if you'll follow the good shepherd, he will lead you into a full life. So we're going to be talking about that. But today, go ahead and get your notes out if you haven't already gotten them. And uh, I want to just answer the question again, what time is it? Last week, I gave you a, I didn't give you a beep beep, I gave you a big honk, right, get you moving. I said to you, what time is it? It's time to get moving. It's time to put the past in the, in the past, and it's time to, to get moving forward and believing God. And I'm not going to go through all the details, but if you want to see that message, you can go to my Facebook or a link from our website. This morning, what I want to talk to you about, uh, as far as answering the, the question, what time is it? Um, it is specific to us as a body, as a, as a family, as a church, but you can also hear this message, it will apply to your life personally, it'll apply to your marriage, it'll apply to your workplace, it'll apply to your family, whatever, any, any dynamic that you have in your life where there are two or more people, this is going to help you make that dynamic better as far as is, is what you can put into it. So in your notes, let me just jump in right here. I want to answer the question today, what time is it? Ready? Like this. What time is it? It's time to come together to work together. I'll, I'll take those couple of amens. It is time to come together to work together. This message, although it is for us as a body, can absolutely help you in your personal life. But this coming together to work together is a truth of God's kingdom. And this principle that we're talking about today is super important to God. Because throughout scripture, God is constantly, continually, from Genesis to the book of Revelation, working on bringing people together so that they can work together in his kingdom. And when he can find a group of people that will do those two things, come together to work together, he pours his blessing out on them in that moment. And the reason why God wants us to come together to work together in this new season at City Church is simply because we can't do this alone. I can't do it alone. You can't do it alone. We need each other. Come on now. Look at your neighbor and say, I need you. Look at your other neighbor and say, you need me. It's time to come together so that we can work together and do the work of the Lord. So that he can use City Church, not just as a name, but as an individual group of people that are coming together to make an impact. That's why constantly throughout scripture, he refers to his church, his body, as a body, as an army, as a family, as a team. It is a group of people that grab a hold of the, the vision of the house, wherever it might be. And go to work to bring that vision to pass. We have to do it together. Church is a group project. It's a group project. In your notes, Paul says it like this in the book of Ephesians. He said, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. From whom the whole body, that's us. The whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share. Say, I'm a part and I'm going to do my share. God's talking to us. What happens? It causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. In this passage, God tells us that his plan for the local church, his plan for the, the individual churches, not just here, but throughout all the world, is for them to come together, for them to, to uh, come together in, in unity and in harmony, 
to come together to, to join their skills, their, their passions, their, their desires, and let God mold those together and blend them together so that together we can make a difference in the world around us. The word together is used over 2,000 times in God's word, showing us just how important it is to God. Coming together is to him. It's a big deal. How many have some areas maybe in your own personal life where you just wish people would just come together? <laughs> right? All of us do. You know why that's, and I saw some of your faces <laughs> when, you, when I said that. The reason why we don't like it when we're not together is because God has designed us to be community. God has designed us to function together as a family, as a team, as an army. And unless you function like that, whether it's in the church or in your family or at the workplace, unless you function like that, something is awkward. Something is, is not working right. So God wants us to come together to work together. So what I want to do with the remaining of my time today is I want to just break those two things up. And I want to talk to you about what coming together is all about. And then I want to talk to you about what working together is all about. And then I'm going to close out with just a challenge for each and every one of us to put those things together and what it means to us in our life. So in your notes, when we talk about what does it mean to come together, here's some thoughts that I have for you. That when we come together, the reason why it's so important to God is this, in your notes, is because when we come together, we have power when we come together. We have power. Everybody say power. We have power when you and I, when we come together and we rally around the vision that God has given to us as a body. Jesus said it like this in Matthew 18, 20. He said, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. Now, obviously, we have more than two or three here. But the principle is still the same, that when people come together, that God is in the middle of that. That when we come together in unity and in harmony around the vision to come together, to work together, Jesus said, I am right there in the midst. And I am right there not just to be a bystander, not just to sit back and see if you're doing everything. No, I am right there to empower you, to give you the power to do what I've called you to do, to make a difference in the world around us. He's right there in the midst with his power. Coming together invites the power of God into the situation, into our life as a church. The book of Acts, Luke, who wrote the book of Acts, said it like this. When the day of Pentecost came, they were what? All together in one place. They were all together in one place. And what happened? And suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting with the power of God. When they came together, when they were in unity, when they were in harmony, the power of God showed up and had gave them the ability to make a difference in the world around them. How many are with me this morning? I want you to just let me feed you this morning. Let me challenge you. Listen for the voice of God and all that we're saying today. Because the more togetherness that we have as City Church, the more power we will have as City Church. And the more power we have as City Church, the more effective we will be in the world around us. Now you know why. The enemy is always trying to divide togetherness. Why he's always trying to bring separation, whether it's in church or whether it's in your family or between co-workers, because it is together that God does things. When we come together, when we come together, power is there. It's so important for us to understand and play our part in that. Here's the next thing. When we come together, we also have to protect coming together. Why? Because the enemy knows. The enemy knows of the power that is available to us when we come together. So he's constantly trying to shut it down. We have to protect coming together. Why? Because Satan, our arch enemy, he cannot stand unity. 
Unity and harmony is, a, is an atom bomb to his plan. It destroys his work. Because if he can't work his way in and bring division, he can't have a hope. That's why I just encourage you, not only in us as a church, let's keep division out, but keep division out of your home. Should we stop there for a second and just move on? Keep division out of your home. Don't let the enemy get in the middle of it. Don't let the enemy come in because you know that his, his number one goal is always to divide and conquer. So when you have togetherness, when we work together, you have to protect that. I know this is a, is a marriage uh, a verse, but the principle is still the same. Jesus said this, therefore what God has joined, what? Together. What God has joined together, let no one separate. So it just lets us know whether it's in your marriage or whether it's in your co-workers or whether it's in the church. That when God begins to, to bring a group of people together to work together, the enemy is going to be right there trying to bring division. So you have, you have to protect it. We have to protect it. It's super important for us. And we can protect it. Because Satan's plan will not. Will, he doesn't like what's going on here, guys. He doesn't like where God is taking us. And he doesn't like where God is taking you. So we have to protect togetherness. And we can do that as City Church. Why? Because we know who we are. We know where we're going. We know what God is doing. We know the hope and the future that the Father has out in front of us. And as we sow into it and as we come together to work together, we will protect. We will protect what God is doing. And I'll share with you in a little bit how to protect it but here's also the third thing that we need to know about coming together not only does it bring power not only do we have to protect it but when we come together in your notes we have growth when we come together we have growth we have that's another reason why the enemy tries to get in the middle of what God is doing we have growth when we come together in fact it it's like, kind of like a, a puzzle. Man, I hate puzzles. Did I tell you that I hate puzzles? You know, I don't know if they're in here today. I think maybe they may be in children's church. But, you know, I talked about the puzzle thing over at Carolyn's house a couple of weeks ago. Do you know the next week we had to go to her house and do a puzzle? Actually, I got out of the puzzle and uh, played uh, Scrabble. Who was it that won the Scrabble game? Yeah, I see your hand up there, man. I see you, you old rotten thing. He won the Scrabble game. But listen, it really is. It's like a puzzle. It's like a puzzle. And, it, and, and every piece, every time God, uh, you allow God to add you to the picture that God is trying to frame here, it brings growth. It, it expands us. In fact, look what Paul said in the book of Ephesians. In whom the whole building, that's us. The whole church, the whole building being joined together grows into the holy temple, into the Lord. So we have growth whenever you and I, when you, when you start coming together, when we start coming together, when we start working together, it brings growth. And let me just say this to you. You don't have to be perfect to be used by God. Come on now. So many people are waiting to get their act together. No, that's a trick of the enemy. That's a lie of the devil to tell you you're not qualified or you have to have it all together. The truth is, and we know this around, ain't none of us got it together. We're all just trying to work for the Lord. So just let me encourage you, don't let the enemy give you an excuse that you have to get your act together, that you have to get all the T's crossed and the I's dotted before you get into the kingdom of God and start letting God work you and, and use you in his kingdom. That is a lie. Just get on board and you watch what God will do. You watch what God will do. In fact, the reality is when you get into the kingdom and you start letting God use you, that might be what solves some of your problems. Amen. Because each and every one of us need to know that when you step into the work of God, you add value. You bring value. You bring to that body what it didn't have. You bring strength that it didn't have. You bring growth that it wasn't there until you became a part of it. Can you give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning if you believe that? 
God in his word is constantly declaring over every single one of us, you have gifts, you have talents, you have a calling upon your life. And he doesn't want those things to stay dormant on the inside of us. He wants us to do like he told Tim, Paul told Timothy, stir up that gift that is on the inside of you. Let God launch you out to be a part of the kingdom of God. Let's come together so we can work together to do the kingdom of God's business. And you don't have to be perfect. All you have to do is be available. All you have to do is be available for God to use you. It's, in, it's important for us to understand that. Let me just pause for just a second for an info commercial. Every one of us see this and you're in front of you. And I want to encourage you that if you're not involved in the ministry here at City Church, Get involved. Fill out this form. Fill it out with an area that you'd like to be a part of. I want to fill every ministry in this church with people to serve. I want the ushers to, to have more people than they can handle. The greeters, the prayer partners, the children's ministry, the youth ministry. We have a place for you. And you don't, have to, you don't have to give your whole, I mean, every Sunday, every service, you don't have to do that. Just whatever you're available, fill out that form. Whenever you leave here, there's buckets by the doorway. Drop it in there. Somebody from the office will, will, will connect with you. Let's come together, church. Let's come together so that we can work together, so that we can do what God's called us to do as a family, as a church, as an army. As a team, here's the next thing that I want us to understand about coming together. Maybe you've never thought about it before, but you and I, we, we can come together perfectly. We can come together perfectly. It's very possible because God tells us how. Because see, God is a master at taking imperfect vessels and putting them together to make a perfect picture. It's so important for us to understand that. God says it's possible to keep the division out, the power in, and growth taking place. I love that. When I was thinking about this thought, I just, one of my favorite movies is Remember the Titans. How many love that movie? Amen. How many times you say, I've seen it, I don't know how many times I've seen it. I love it. And I'll never forget that one scene at the end of the movie, towards the end of the movie, where Coach Boone and they're, they're about to play the, the state uh, they're, halfway, they're at halftime at the state championship game, and they're down, and Coach Boone's in the, in the locker room, and he's kind of giving his guys a talk, and he's really, really just kind of setting them up for, you know what, it's okay if you lose. It's not that big a deal. You've done good all year long. I'll never forget, and you've seen the movie that Julius, who was the star defensive guy, he says this. He says, you know, uh, Coach Boone, uh, in all due respect, you've expected more of us than this. He said, I'm not perfect, and I'm not ever going to be. None of us are. But as a team, we are perfect. And I want us to understand this morning that none of you are perfect. I'm not perfect. None of us are. But together, as City Church, God can use imperfect vessels to do a perfect work for the kingdom of God. We need to understand that. It's just how he does it. It's how he does it. It's amazing. Paul said it like this. He tells us how to do it perfectly. He said in 1 Corinthians 1.10, Now I plead with you. I'm pleading with us today, guys. Let's come together to work together. I plead with you, brethren, by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be, what? perfectly joined together there's our word perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment God's a master at taking imperfect vessels putting us together and making a perfect work out of us how do you come together perfectly how do you do that Paul tells us gives us three things I'm going to run them through you real quick how do you come together perfectly? Number one, you speak the same thing. You speak the same thing. We speak the same language. We speak the same language. It's important. 
How do we come together perfectly? We speak the same language. Not only that, how do we do that? We keep division out. This is what he was saying to us. We keep the division out. We speak the same language. We keep the division out. And we think the same way. That's how we come together perfectly. Speaking the same language. Keeping the division out. Thinking the same way. I know you've heard this a lot, but let me just share with you real quick before we move on. What is our language here? What is it that we are rallying around as City Church as we move into 2020? You don't have these in your notes because I've already given them to you. And we've got some of these cards ordered that I'm going to be giving them to you so that you can put them on your, your refrigerator or keep them in your Bible. But here's our language, guys. Here's our language. We are City Church, and we are reaching our families, our city, our nation, our world. That's our language. That's our language. Everybody say that with us. Say, reaching our families, our city, our nation, and our world. That's our vision. That's the vision that God has given to us. Here's some more of our language. We are City Church, and we are reaching up to God through worship and prayer. That's our language. That's who we are. That's what we're doing. This is what we all need to speak. Not only are we reaching up, we're also reaching into people through teaching and involvement. That's our language. That's who we are. That's what we're doing. That's what we're speaking. Not only that, we are reaching out to communities through city groups. That's our language. That's what we're speaking here. That's what we're speaking and I've shared this with you too. This is the engine that drives it all. We are praying, we are believing, we are serving, and we are giving. This is City Church's language. This is what we're speaking. This is what's in our heart. This is what's in our mind. Church is different now. Church is not just coming in the front door and doing the thing and going home. It's about coming together to work together to do the work of the Lord. And we can do that perfectly when we're speaking the same language. In your notes, for the rest of the message, I just want to dive into a passage in Luke chapter 5 and move from coming together to working together and let you see what that's all about. And then I have a challenge for us before we go this morning today. Let's go a little bit deeper. In Luke chapter 5, it's a story about Jesus, and he's speaking to a large group of people. He's standing beside the seashore, and when he finishes speaking, uh, Jesus does like he always does. In fact, this is a fascinating study. If you've got any, I don't know what to study, go study how when Jesus was talking to a group of people. As soon as he got through talking to them, the next thing he did was put them into a situation to apply what he had just said. He does the same thing for us, by the way. How many have ever got a word from the Lord and then everything fell apart? That's because he gave you a word, he spoke it into you, he put it in your heart, and then he allowed you to be put into a situation so that you could put the practice of that word to work for you. And he's doing the same thing here. So he's been, he, 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 a lot of people are pressing, they're actually kind of about to push him into the water. So he's got to get in a boat and sail off. And, and so as soon as he does that, look at what happens here in this, in this verse in your notes. Luke 5, it says, And when he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, I don't have time to do that. I don't have... Or, uh, that doesn't make any sense. We've been working all night and we ain't caught a thing. Nothing. But nevertheless, nevertheless, even though I'm busy in my life, nevertheless, so I got a lot of things on my plate, nevertheless, I'm going to get involved in City Church. Just a little side info there. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. Now, it wasn't Jesus' fault that they had bad nets. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. When you come together, when we come together, 
we will experience a net-breaking, boat-sinking move of God. And I want you to know that. And I believe that if we come together to work together in this house, that it will spill over into your house. And I believe that with all of my heart. I want to see. I want. I want to show you three things here. I'm not going to be long. That took place when they came together, and what it took to get them to come together to do the work. Because the first thing they realized was, "Hey, this is this harvest is too big. We can't do this ourselves. Our boat's not big enough. We don't have enough people. We can't handle this ourselves." So, they did something. Here's my thought for you before I develop it with scripture. The first thing that we need to realize is this about coming together to working together is this in your notes that working together is God's plan it's not my plan it's not somebody no it's God's plan working together coming together and working together is God's plan look what they did Jesus put them in a situation that they could not handle themselves and look what they did in Luke 7 uh, 5 verse 7, the first part, says, So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. They said, Hey guys, hey, we need help. We need help. Jesus had put them in a place where they recognized that they needed to get involved and ask other people to help them. And can I just say to you this morning that God is saying, I need your help. The harvest is too big for this group. I need you to be added to this group. I need your help. Are you with me this morning? They asked the other boat for help. Why? Because working together is God's plan. Working together is God's way. And we can get so much more done when we work together because we come together. In fact, the Lord never gives you or us as a body something you can do in your own strength and your own ability. If you can do it in your own ability, it's not big enough. It's something that you have created. He always puts you in a place where you need to depend upon other people. Now, I know that that is scary for some of us. But the reality is it's God's way. It's what is known as, this is not in your notes, the law of synergy. It's known as the law of synergy. Now, I know what I'm going to give you is a scientific definition of synergy. But the truth is, it's not a scientific definition. Science just happened to discover a kingdom of God principle that works. So the reason why God brings us together so that we can work together is because of the law of synergy. Here's what the law of synergy is. Ready? This is not in your notes. The law of synergy states that the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. In other words, when you combine your knowledge, your skills, and efforts with other like-minded individuals with a single purpose in mind, you will be far more effective than if you go at it alone. That's the law of synergy. It is a kingdom of God principle. It is a kingdom of God law. You see it like this. Two draft horses. One of them pulling 8,000 pounds alone, one of them pulling 8,000 pounds alone. You would think if you put them together, they would be able to pull 16,000 pounds together, but they don't. They pull 24. That's the law of synergy. And every time somebody gets added to this team at City Church, the law of synergy goes into effect, and you make us better. You make us stronger. You make us more effective when you add who you are to what God is doing Togetherness and working together is God's way. And that's pretty risky, I think. In fact, I don't know if I would even design it like that. Would you? I wouldn't design it that way, but it's God's way. In fact, it actually even gets a little bit more risky. But let me show you something first about how powerful this is. In the book of Genesis, there are a group of ungodly people who do not know the Lord, and they come together and they rally around their language, their mindset, their passions, and their goals. And they come together, and even in an ungodly, as ungodly as they are, they decide they're going to build a Tower of Babel. 
And because this thing is going so fast and is being so productive and it's counter to what God wants to do, look what happens. It says in Genesis eleven six, 6, And the Lord said, Indeed, the people are one, and they all have one language. And this is what they begin to do. Now nothing that they purpose to do will be withheld from them. And this is a group of ungodly people that are taking a principle and putting it to work about coming together. How much more would it be if the church came together to work together? If ungodly people can do something like that, how much more powerful and effective can it be for you and I if we come together and we rally around city church and what God wants to do in us and through us? Romans chapter 12 verse 5 says this, So in Christ we, though many, form one body, all united together, and each member belongs to all the others. We belong to one another, guys. We belong to one another. Sitting beside you is your brother and your sister in the Lord. Sitting beside you is another puzzle piece to the kingdom of God and what he is doing here at City Church. There's gifts, there's talents, there's skills. But if they're not added to what God is already doing, when you add them, it makes, it, it makes us better. And it's so risky. In fact, look at this verse right here. This, this, is, this is not the way I would have done it, but it's the way God did it. Look at this. Ephesians chapter 1, 22 and 23. And he, talking about Jesus, put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. That scripture right there, that scares me. It didn't scare the Lord because it's his way. And what I mean by that is, can the body do anything without a head? You can't. The body cannot function. I mean, not that you would do it, but go home and cut your head off, see if you're any work, if you do anything good, right? You just, no, you just can't do it. But, can the head do anything without the body? Mm -mm. Jesus needs us. He's the brains of this organization. He's the brains of who we are as a church. But the head can only do what the body will function as. Are you following me? And that's the way he set it up. That's the way he wanted it. It's his plan. And he needs us to be his body. Before I move on, and I'm going to wrap it up here pretty quick. I want you in your notes. This is my challenge to you. The Lord needs me to work with others in his kingdom. He does. You know, there's kind of a, 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 a thought out there that it, it really it kind of sounds good, but it's really not scriptural. And there's a lot of that out there, and it's this. The Lord doesn't need you. He wants you. That's not true. He needs you. He needs you. Nothing gets done on earth unless Jesus, as the head, does it through his body. Ministry here doesn't take place. Ushering, children's church, youth, greeting, prayer partners, band, worship team. Nothing gets done here unless the head is doing it through the body. And I just want you to realize the Lord doesn't just want you. He does, but he needs you. Here's the second thought as we move on. The second truth that we glean from this story is this, is that working together is not always easy. And I got a lot of amens on that, right? It may be God's idea, but it's not always easy. Why? Because you're working with people. How many know it would be easy if it weren't for people? But we're in the people business and we don't get stuff done. And the reality is, that's the big challenge. One of the, I think that's one of the things uh, why God designed it like that is because what it does is it helps us mature. It helps us to grow. Because working together is not always easy. Whether it's at work or in your family or, or in the church. Why? Because we have different ways of doing things. We have different thought processes. We have different personalities. We have all of this. But God says, it's my way. And I want you to lay your differences down. Lay your differences down and rally around the language of what I'm speaking to the church. In fact, look at this in your, in your notes. It says this. It says when they called and said, hey, we need your help. It says, and they came. So they responded. 
But there's a whole lot more, there's a whole lot more to and they came than meets the eye. Now, I don't know if you've ever been fishing on a boat before and you're out there and, and I know they probably didn't have trolling motors or anything back then, which is, that would have made it harder. But it is hard if you're set up in a fishing spot to fish and you pick up to move to another spot. That's not easy. You got, if you've got the anchor out, you've got to pull the anchor in. If you've got lines out, you've got to pull lines in. You got to, it's not easy. In fact, when they waved at them and said, hey, come help us, they could have very easily said, no, man, we're good right where we are. We're, you just take care of yours, I'll take care of mine, we're catching fish here, we don't have time to go over there and help you. Besides that, we don't even like you. Because you fish different than the way we fish. It's not always easy to take the life that we're in right now and let God readjust it. To work with people for the kingdom of God. This is not in your notes, but I wanted you to see it. Coming together is not always easy. But it is God's way to get his kingdom work done. It's his way. It's his way. It's his way. Look what Paul wrote in the book of Philippians. He said this. Fulfill my joy by being like-minded. Having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. It's not always easy, but when you come together, when we come together, what does it do? It has a tremendous impact on us personally. In your notes, here's my challenge. Working with others makes me better. Working with others makes you better. It'll grow you up. It'll make you mature. It may reveal some stuff in your heart and your life that God needs to work on, personality traits, but it makes us better. It's God's way. Working together is God's plan. Working together is not always easy, but and here's the third one as we begin to wrap this up. You need to know this. Working together is what God blesses. Working together, coming together, working together is what God blesses. Look what happened when they came together. And they came and filled both. Everybody say both. And filled both the boats. And filled both the boats. When the two boats came together, God began to pour his blessing out there. And it wasn't the one who needed help that got blessed. It wasn't the one that came to help him that got blessed. It was both of them that got blessed. And I want us to understand that when we come together and we work together, everybody gets the blessing. Everybody gets the blessing. And we need to believe that. We need to believe that. I want you to believe that God blesses that work. It's not just about God blessing City Church. It's not just about God blessing you. It's about God blessing all of us. All of us. In your notes. Working together with others blesses my life. You don't give yourself to the Lord. You don't come together to work for the Lord with those around you. In the local church he's called you to without God responding in a powerful way. I'm going to wrap it up with this verse. Paul wrote this to us, familiar passage. Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Let us consider, let us, let's think about how we can be a blessing to others, how we can sow love, how we can sow help, how we can sow encouragement, how we can get involved, how we can make everything about the church not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as it is in the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. That's God's passage to his church. Consider what a blessing you can be by being an encouragement, by getting involved, by let's coming together so that we can work together. In your notes, 
my challenge for the whole message to you, this is what I want you to leave with, is this. I have a part in God's plan at City Church. That's you. You have a part in 2020. And I will work together with others to do my part. This is what I want you to go home with. This is what I want you to consider. This is what I want you to think about. Because you have a part. Every one of us has a part to play in what God is doing at City Church in 2020. And I invite you to come and be a part of that team. And if you'll do that, you'll make us better because you add value to what we are and who we're doing and what we're doing. Close your eyes with me. If I could have the prayer partners, if you guys could slip up out of your seat and come here to the altar. I know this morning that I've talked about the church and being involved in the work of the church. But if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior, if you're not a part of the body of Christ through the new birth, before you leave here today, I want to invite you to come into the kingdom of God. How do I come into the kingdom of God, Pastor Rusty? You just open up your heart. Remember, we started the service off with Jesus saying, into your hands I commit my heart. That's all he's asking you for. Open up your heart. Give your heart to him. Give your life to him. So with every eye closed and every head bowed, if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you've never been born again, Today is the day that you can walk out of this building knowing that your eternity is secure through Christ. So if you're here and you would like me to pray for you about that, if you'd raise your hand, I would love the privilege of being able to pray for you. If you want to make sure that Jesus is the Lord of your life, raise your hand. I see that hand. Anybody else would join that hand? I see that hand. Anybody else would join these hands? Pastor Rusty, pray for me. I want to know. I see that hand in the risers. Pray for me. I want to make sure that I leave here today. I'm tired of being empty inside. I'm tired of the sin in my life. I want to be free. I see that hand. Anybody else would join those with raised hands by saying, I want to make Jesus Lord of my life today. With everybody's eyes closed and heads bowed, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Every one of us, especially those that raise their hands and receive Jesus, say, Jesus, today's the day. I give you my heart. I give you my life. From this moment on, you are my Lord, you are my Savior. You died for me, you were raised from the dead for me, and I believe that with all of my heart. From this moment on, I am yours, and you are mine, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Give the Lord a hand clap this morning, amen. The band is going to come. And we're going to worship the Lord before we go. I just encourage you to stay with us. This is not a song for you to leave. This is a song to close out the service with. Worship with us before you go get your kids or before you leave. And just consider what God has spoken to you today. And I'll be back to close out in just a second. All those that prayed that prayer for the first time or any others that might need prayer this morning, these prayer partners are here ready to pray for you. As soon as we start the service with the song, I encourage you to slip up out of your seat and come down here and let us pray for you. God bless you guys. stand with us as we wrap today. God, with all of our hearts, we know that you are the answer. Lord, that you are our path. Lord, today we love you.
Father, we worship you today at City Church. We thank you for who you are and for what you're doing in our life. God, help us to consider how you want to use us in this year, in this body. Lord, we love you, we thank you, and we praise you for all that you're doing. God, you're helping us to be all that you've called us to be, to make an impact in the world around us for your glory and for the benefit of the kingdom of God. Let 2020 be the most productive year we have ever had in our life, both corporately as a body and as individuals, Lord, and we consecrate ourselves to you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, give the Lord another big hand clap this morning. God bless you guys. Thank you for being here today. Don't forget, if you filled out one of these to get involved in what's going on here, drop it in the offering buckets as you leave. We'll see you back here next Sunday. God bless.